0: Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Sally Deo Gloria. Well, hello everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Doctrine Matters Podcast. And I'm just going to say it again, that we are living in difficult times, and we're not finding ourselves living in difficult times as just a result of the virus that we have going on. We've got way more in our world going on than we can even think of or imagine right now. There are so many things that I've been following as we look at the the life that we are now living in, and I don't want to call it the new normal because I refuse to let this be the new normal. I know that there are many other Americans that are going to refuse to let this be the new normal as well, but I don't want to talk about the virus today. I don't want to talk about the pandemic. I want to talk about total depravity, and I see it all over the news. I see it all over my social media feeds. I see it everywhere I look is total depravity, man's radical corruption. Now, the Bible teaches us in Romans chapter 5 that through one man, that man being Adam, all men have sinned, and sin and death is spread to all men because of Adam. So we see that as a result of the fall in the garden, as we see Genesis chapter 3 play out in the fall, we are all under a sin weight we are under the curse of sin. We are all born with a sin nature. None of us get out of this sinful nature that we have. None of us can overcome this sinful nature. None of us can do better than this sinful nature. There is nothing good within us. Nothing good within your little baby that you're looking at that you may be holding right now, if you have a newborn baby. There's nothing good in that baby. It's born with a sin nature. That bo- that baby is born fallen under the weight of a curse that baby is born in sin as a result of Adam but praise God we know that Jesus came and he died and he uh, rose again and those that repent of their sin and put their faith in Christ will receive the righteousness of God and this is a beautiful exchange and we've talked about this before it's the great exchange but I don't want to talk about that today as beautiful as that is and, and listen let me just say this if you're not a believer, I pray that you would repent of your sin and trust in Christ Jesus because he came, he lived a perfect life, he died the death that you deserve, he was nailed to a cross, he shed his blood, he died, they put him in a tomb, and three days later, by the power of God, he arose from the grave. And he is seated at the right hand of God right now. And if the Bible says if you repent of your sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. So I pray that if you are not a Christian, that you would turn from your sin, that you would acknowledge your sin, confess it to God, ask forgiveness for that sin, and make and, and place Jesus the Lord of your life. Make him the Lord of your life. Put your faith in him and believe that he came and he died and he rose for your sins. Do that right now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. But I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about total depravity. And I want to talk about total depravity in a way that we can see it playing out right in front of us. Many of us see it in everywhere we go. If you have that newborn baby, you see total depravity there. You see a selfish baby that wants what it wants, when it wants it, no matter who it has to interrupt to get it. As that child grows, you're going to see that child be selfish. You're going to see that child bite. You're going to see that child kick and scream. You're going to see that child lie. You're going to see that child write on the walls and then ask it who wrote on the walls. And they're going to say, I don't know. And they, they know they did it the whole time. They're going to be liars. They're going to steal things when they grow up. Maybe it's just a piece of bubble gum, and you may be thinking, don't be talking about my baby like that. But listen, we are all born sinful, and I've seen so many troubling things on social media lately. And not just social media, it's the news. And I know some of you may be thinking, hey, Stephen, turn the news off. But, man, it's it's so hard not to see some of these things. Now, I know that there is a big push out there for truth. People are trying to understand what to believe when it comes to the government, when it comes to this pandemic, what's true, what's not, how many deaths are there really, how many are there not? Uh, there's so much searching for truth right now. And what we need to be doing is giving truth from the Word of God, especially if you're a pastor, if you're a believer. You should be teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. You should be teaching the Word of God because this is the only place that we can find truth. There is no seeking, there is no wondering about what God says in his word. It is truth. And we have already talked about God's word. Genesis 3, Romans 5, the fall of man. Because of that one sin, sin and death spread to all men. All have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. We see that playing out in our government. We talked some about the government in one of our recent episodes. We talked about the corruption in that government. We talked about government officials that seem to be uh, pushing for a wicked agenda and how we should respond as believers to those wicked agendas and those uh, seemingly unbelieving people in office. But I want to show you something today on a few levels. We'll, we'll start with one of the stories uh, because it relates closely to the pandemic that we're going through. As a matter of fact, doesn't it is a part of the pandemic we're going through. Some of you may have heard the story of the, uh, the the salon owner in Dallas, Texas Her name, and I love her name Her last name at least is Shelley Luther So when you think of Luther You think of Martin Luther, at least I do And you think about the Reformation And you think about taking his 95 theses And nailing it to the castle door And then uh, I-, I believe it was the Diet of Worms Spelled like worms, but worms as you say it in German Uh, where he was told to recant and he says, here I stand, I can do no other. And uh, that's kind of what Shelley Luther has done in Dallas. She said, uh, I have workers who are going hungry because they're feeding their kids. And she says, I cannot have the people that work for me go hungry, but they're doing a great thing by making sure their kids are getting fed. But we're seeing true... American people, and it doesn't matter if they're American or not, hunger is a big deal. Hunger is a big issue, but we've seen as a result of these lockdowns and these bans and these uh, orders to close down things, we've seen this really hurt people instead of help. Uh, Jeff Durbin does a great job talking about loving your neighbor and how this is hurting most people, uh, especially small business owners and, and, and mom and pop shops and things like that. And other people are losing their jobs. Nurses are being furloughed. There's a lot of things happening as a result of this. Well, Shelley Luther said, Here I stand. I can do no other. I'm opening my salon. My people are going to work. They have to be able to feed their family and themselves so they can stay alive to feed their family. So she defied the government order and she opened her salon. Well, then she was arrested and she went to jail and fined, I believe $7,000. And let me tell you, uh, even the government officials said, we'll just kind of give you a slap on the wrist if you'll admit that you were wrong, that you apologized to the government officials, that you broke their rules. And and Miss Luther said, absolutely not. I'm not going to do that. So she was put in prison for opening her essential business. Now, we can argue whether this was right, whether it was wrong. We can argue Romans 13, but at the end of the day, I believe that when this woman says she has got to do something for her people, that she's got to do something for her people. She took a bold stand, opened up her salon, and was arrested for it. And as a result, much of the country started calling for her to be released from jail. I think she was supposed to serve a week in jail. She was supposed to pay $7,000. And I just saw a, uh, a headline come through that says, Breaking news. Texas Supreme Court orders salon owner released from jail. So Ms. Luther, it appears, has been released from jail. Um uh, Let's see, I'm reading this uh, article here, but but yes, it, it, it appears that she has been released from jail now. I know there was a big push on social media, but can you see what we've come to in America, this free country? And I've read things where it's unconstitutional to make businesses close down, especially business owners telling them they can't open. Now, I'm not... Uh, a constitutional law guy. I don't know the ins and outs of that. There's people way smarter than I am that can tell you if that's true or not. But man, look at the world we live in, That where when you try to open your business that you own, that you have worked so hard for, and you're trying to help out your fellow man, you're trying to love your neighbor, and you're trying to open up and go back to work so they can feed their kids plus themselves, yet you get arrested, you get fined, you, you, you have to go to jail. Now it looks like they're taking a step back. Supreme Court has ordered them to release her from jail. So we'll be watching this over the next few days to see what happens. But uh, I, I want to say, as an American, let me just say this: I, I give props and kudos to Miss Luther for saying, "Here I stand. I can do no other." That she was standing in the face of a government that tells her what she can and can't do. And uh, I believe that she said that that this is my business. It's essential to me. I'm going back to work. And that's what she did. We'll see how that plays out. But can you see how tough this is, how this is the America that we are starting to find ourselves in. And, and I refuse again to, to make this the new normal or to say this is the new normal, because I believe that this will not be the new normal. I believe that men and women are going to step up and keep pushing back against a dictatorship style government all across America to where we're going to see change in some form or another. Now, I don't know what that change ends up looking like. I don't know what's going to have to happen for certain change to take place. But I do know that we're living in a fallen world with fallen men and fallen women. And we see this playing out right in front of our faces every single day. Now, that's the the breaking news that I just saw. And uh, some of the other things that have really bothered me through this I want to talk about two more things, at least. Never know. There may be some other things that come up. But I've been watching uh, several guys online, and some of those are Facebook friends of mine. I've uh, been watching, again, Jeff Durbin and, and some of the uh, Apologia Studio guys and gals at their local abortion clinic. been watching some guys out in Texas, John Speed, He he seems like that brother is there every day. Uh, It's great to see these men there. And uh, we are learning from them, watching them. And I hope to take a group to an abortion clinic one day to preach and teach the gospel and lovingly care for these men and women and tell them that we will adopt their baby. We will help them with supplies and needs and medical expenses and things like that. I want to do that soon. But I'm watching my brothers and sisters in other parts of America do this well. And in states where the governors have deemed that abortion has to stop right now during this pandemic, you know, you you can't have Miss Luther doing her hair salon, so you can't have Abortions continue to happen either. Well, that's supposed to be the the government mandate, but in several states, I have seen abortion clinics fuller than they normally are. Now, they are defying the government, and they're continuing to do chemical and, I don't know the term for it, but like legitimate physical abortions, as well as the chemical abortions and and different things like that. But people from all over different states are coming to certain Planned Parenthoods and and abortion clinics, and they're filling these parking lots up, and they're murdering their children under a directive from the government to not do it, that they have to close, yet they're continuing to do it. But you don't see any of these abortion doctors going up in front of cameras and saying, Abortion doctor defies the government and opens his abortion clinic. It has to spend weeks and pay a fine. He has to spend weeks in jail and pay a a large fine for keeping his abortion clinic open and running. You don't hear that, but what you do see is if you log on to some of these guys, go follow John Speed on Facebook. Watch some of the videos. Police are always there telling them they got to leave. They got to do different things. He's had a gun pull on him. Some of the guys had a gun pulled on him the other day by a man there as they were trying to, to love on those people and say that they'd uh, take their baby and uh, they would preaching the gospel there. But you don't see them standing in front of pictures and cameras and you don't see them. You just see people like Miss Luther that opens her salon to help her workers feed their babies, go to jail But these abortion doctors are still able to do what they do. Do you see the wickedness here? And it's unbelievable. There's just not any words to describe what is happening. There's not any words to describe what we see happening in America. The only word that comes to mind is depravity. And we see this happening in huge waves. Just watch what's happening right in front of you. Watch the people that are trying to stand up and do what's right. Watch how they get shut down. Watch how they get thrown down. Watch how they get thrown in a jail cell. Watch the people that are doing wicked things, like murdering babies. Watch them pull a gun on men trying to do the right thing and stand up for those unborn children before they're murdered. Watch them get a gun pulled on them and the police do nothing. The man gets to walk away, go home with his gun. That really happened. So we see a war on what's right. We see a war on people that are standing up for the unborn, standing up for their fellow man. We see a war happening everywhere around us. And listen, the truth is losing. I can't tell you how many things have been censored over Facebook and YouTube that are the truth of God's Word. Christians are trying to be silenced by some of these major platforms. Many believers are trying to be pushed to the side by some of these major platforms like YouTube and Facebook. All the while, the wicked corruption of man seems to be put on a pedestal and celebrated. Now, we can either do one of two things. We can bow the knee to Caesar and worship this atrocious thing that we see happening every day. We can bow the knee to the government. We can bow the knee to the wickedness of this world. Or we can stand and say, here I am. I can do no other. We can stand in the face of opposition and we can fight. And I don't mean fight in a physical way, but I mean fight in a spiritual way. The Bible teaches us that we are in a fight. Galatians chapter 5 teaches that the war is between flesh and the spirit. We're at war daily, but it also teaches us, the Bible tells us that we're in war with an enemy, a real enemy. There is spiritual warfare happening, and we see this playing out in front of us every single day. So we have to be able to fight. We've got to be ready and willing to put on the whole armor of God so that we can stand against the schemes of the devil. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 6, verse 12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, we must take up the whole armor of God. That we may be able to withstand in the evil day. We must be able to put on that belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, shoes for our feet, put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, take up the shield of faith. Uh, we also must put on the helmet of salvation. This isn't a, a podcast to dive into these things, but we must understand that we are at war with a real enemy and we must stand and combat it with the truth of God's word. We must stand and be on the offensive as well as be on the defensive. So we must be willing to fight for what's right, even if it costs us our life, even if it costs us our freedom, as we may be put in jail. We may have certain rights stripped from us for being bold enough to stand for truth. But those are prices that we have to be willing to pay as believers. We see this happening all around us, the depravity of man, the fallenness of man. We see sin everywhere we look, everywhere we turn. Which brings me to the last thing I want to talk about, and this is one that has really just really gripped me, and I've found it to be frustrating and Many of you have probably seen it. You've probably heard of it, and it's heartbreaking. This young man, 25 years old, in Atlanta, Georgia, Ahmaud Arbery, jogging through his neighborhood, which has been labeled, quote-unquote, a white neighborhood, which, in fact, this young man lived in. And this white male, Gregory McMichael, age 64, and his son, Travis McMichael, age 34, thought that he was someone that's been robbing people, breaking into things, I think. Uh, So they took the law in their own hands, and they were going to try to make a citizen's arrest. So they pull up as this young man is out jogging and try to engage him and says, hey, we need to talk to you, right? Can you imagine two white men pulling up beside a young black man as he's jogging saying, Hey, we need to talk to you. The chances of me stopping are probably very slim. Um, I don't know exactly how it ended up, but it appears that the older gentleman, Gregory McMichael engaged with Mr. Arbery And a fight kind of broke out, and it didn't last very long. There is video footage of this that is heartbreaking. But these two white men murdered Mr. Arbery right there in the streets in the state of Georgia. This happened in February, and today, May the 7th, 2020, these two men were arrested. Now, it took... A long time for them to be arrested. I don't know why, especially uh, with how it went down, what happened. It appears that Gregory McMichael, the older one, was a law enforcement officer of some kind at some point. But the fact of the matter is, we can talk about the case. We can talk about what happened. We can talk about everything that, you know, why it took so long for these men to get arrested. We can talk about all these things, but what really boils down to is depravity. The depravity of man. The sinfulness of man. The sinfulness and pridefulness of these two men to take the law into their own hands to approach a man who they, quote-unquote, thought was somebody that he wasn't. And it ended in this young man's death. Now, we can talk about White on black. We can talk about black on white. We can talk about black on black. We can talk about uh, Hispanic on white. We can talk about Muslim on Christian. We can talk about Christian on Muslim. We can talk about any different combinations that you want to talk about. But they all have the same common denominator, and that is depravity. That is sinfulness. That is the fallenness of man. And listen to me carefully. This is not going to be an excuse for these men And their behavior and the things that they did. They're not going to be able to say, Well, Judge, I'm just a fallen individual. I need to get my heart right with God. I need to be saved. Uh, The Bible teaches, Romans 5, that we're all born into sin. We have a sin nature. And because of that, it's just the sin nature that carried out in my flesh and it led to the death of this man. So, Your Honor, it's just my fallenness. I'm sorry. No, that's not going to fly because the Bible teaches us that we do have consequences for our actions. And they, I hope, will receive consequences for their actions if they do not receive it on this side of eternity. I believe they will. I believe that, and I believe that they will be disciplined. They will be receiving some sort of uh, consequence of this sin. And listen, if these two men are not believers in Christ, and I don't know how you can call yourself a believer in Christ. I don't think they have. I haven't seen where they said they're Christians, and I'm sure that, you know, uh, and I'm not trying to be that guy, but I'm sure we'll see in the coming days how they were stand-up men in their church. They were stand-up men in their community, and uh, they couldn't believe that this would happen and that they would do something like this. They're going to be painted in a beautiful light, a beautiful picture, I'm sure, But here's the thing. You can't profess Christ crucified. And again, let me tell you, I have not heard that these men have professed Christ crucified. But if they do, or if they have, I don't believe you can profess Christ and be a true believer in Christ and then go kill a man in cold blood because you think he was somebody else. And even if he was somebody else, that doesn't give you the right to take the man's life, especially when he wasn't bothering you. Why not call the police? Let them approach them. Maybe you can just circle the neighborhood to keep an eye on him until police arrive. Why do you have to take the law into your own hands? Just because your former law enforcement doesn't make you law enforcement now. And I'm getting off on a tangent. Let me slow down. Do we see the sinfulness? And again, it could be black on black, white on white. It could be a number of things. This is sin in our nation and we're seeing it put on full display. We're seeing the fallenness of man and listen, we, when we talk about in the Bible the fallenness of man, we're not talking about little white lies. We're not talking about just stealing a piece of bubble gum. We're talking about the things that we have seen playing, played out right in front of our eyes. Just today, just this week, all of the things that have happened from uh, abortion doctors continually doing abortions, even under the ban from the, federal, or, or from the government, uh, we're seeing hair salon owners get in trouble for opening up their salons, to feed their families we're seeing grown men take the life of a young man for no reason at all do you see this this is the world that we live in this is the world that needs the gospel of Jesus Christ proclaimed we can't just sit around idly as Christians anymore and say, well, I I hope God will save them one day. We have got to do something. We've got to stand up and be bold. When is the last time somebody threatened our lives because of the disturbance we were making in our cities? Look at the book of Acts. These men were stoned. These men were dragged. These men were threatened. These men were beaten because they were disrupting the cities that they were going to with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it. Did not go well with them physically many times, but they boldly stood for what they believe in. But what's happening in our world today is we would rather sit around and watch somebody else deal with it instead of us getting off our butts and doing it ourselves. We would rather somebody else be bold and go to jail rather than us because we just got things that we got to take care of, things that we got to do. Listen, if you're a true believer, it's time to stop sitting on the sidelines. It's time to get in the game because you're watching this world crumble. You're watching this world fade away. God will make this thing brand new one day, and we need to be boldly standing for the unborn. We need to boldly be standing in the gap for those like Mr. Arbery that lost his life, we need to boldly be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, I am so tired of hearing that we need more programs and money thrown at what ultimately is sin. Let's just use this particular instance. We see race probably plays a big part in this, this overall story here. What Two white guys, one black man. It's probably going to be some racism involved. If not, it sure looks that way. So let's just take racism, for instance. We can put all of the money into programs. We can put all of the money into motivational speakers. We can put all the money into after-school programs. We can have counselors. We can have all the behavior modification gurus come out and try to teach behavior modification to certain people groups and how to get along with those people. We can pull out the Enneagrams, which in my opinion are, uh, have no place, especially in the church. Let's just open up a Bible, shall we? Can we stop throwing money and silly tests at sin and start throwing the word of God at it? Can we start using the Word of God to combat sin? Can we stop using tests to teach us how to interact with one another and start using the Bible that tells us that we are all fallen, that we are all sinful, that we are all made in the image of God, and we should treat each other like we're made in the image of God? We should stop being racist. We should stop looking at somebody else in a different way than we look at ourselves. We should stop judging others. We should stop Taking false information, we should stop gossiping. We should stop treating others with contempt. We should look at the gospel of Jesus Christ and go to that person that is made in the image of God and boldly preach to them the gospel of Jesus Christ, even if it causes us to lose our freedoms or even our life. We cannot throw money at at sin, at racism, at any other thing, and hope it does the trick. The trick is the blood of Christ because the only way to change somebody that's a racist is the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I know that there's other things and changes of hearts and things that can happen in people's lives, but the ultimate goal, the ultimate way to change a heart is that God does it himself. And God Changes hearts of those that repent of their sin and trust Christ. And people can't repent of their sins and trust Christ if they don't hear the Word of God. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So, Christians, believers, stop sitting on the sidelines and watching. It is time for us to boldly get into this culture with the true word of God. It is time for us to boldly get in somebody's grill, if you will, with the word of God. Even if it cost us a stoning, a beating, dragging out of the city. If it cost us going to jail because we're disrupting the city. If it cost us our life, we should be ready to... And willing. We should have counted the cost, and it's time to get moving. I am challenging a believer. If you're listening, I'm challenging you. Some of you may have a podcast, some of you have a microphone in front of you. Let's use it for the glory of God. But let's get out of from behind the microphones and let's get in the streets. Let's get in the colleges. Let's get in this let's get in our own churches and boldly be preaching the true word of God. Let's stop the programs. Let's stop the the frou-frou. Let's stop trying to win people. Uh, Let's stop trying to pimp out the church to bring in the lost. Let's boldly preach the word of God and let God bring people to him. Can we do that? Can we as teachers and leaders and believers, and if you're not a teacher or a preacher, pastor, Elder, deacon, if you're just a layperson in your church and you're tired of the programs and things that aren't doing anything for your church and community, then boldly go to your leadership and call them to repentance, and call them to throw away the programs and the frou frou, and boldly and passionately preach truth and preach Christ. Let the Bible do the talking. Let God's word do everything that you need to do, and. We need to take it from our churches to the streets, to the podcast, to the waiting rooms, to the abortion clinics, to the salons, the barbershops. We need to take the true word of God, and we need to boldly preach it. Why? Because depravity. Because man's sin is put on full display. We see all over our world, and the remedy is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want to challenge you to boldly proclaim the truth. Thank you guys for listening. I pray that you will hear and see the depravity around you and stop just looking at it and start engaging it and doing something about it from the word of God. Thank you again and God bless.